Hello, hello, and thank you for tuning in to Tim and Friends, my podcast dedicated to learning from my friends. I believe that everyone, including my friends, have amazing stories to tell. And in those stories are lessons of failure and success, pride and regret. And what I'd like to do is distill those lessons down into ways that can transfer to your life. And at the very least, I hope you find the stories interesting. I'm so happy that I got to have this conversation with Spencer. I learned a lot from him during this talk, including some specific talking points for my kids when talking about race, about respecting everyone, and also standing up for what's right. I appreciated how openly he talked about his experiences, and I think it's important to underscore that we are both only talking about our unique perspectives, and that his experience is only his experience. But I think that's the beauty of these conversations. There's always something to learn from anyone that can generalize to everyday life for everyday people. And perhaps the biggest lesson I took away from this conversation with Spencer is that our intentions, our words, and our actions can have lasting impacts. And it's incumbent on us to take accountability for ourselves and always ask why we do the things that we do. This conversation was far too short. After re-listening to the episode, I realized there was so much I didn't get a chance to delve into, like his great-grandmother's experience growing up in Georgia in the early 1900s, or his father's side of the family as members of the Black Panthers. Needless to say, I hope to have him on again soon. And the last thing, we use some pretty strong language during this conversation. We talked a lot about race, and we use very specific examples of derogatory language that we've heard in the past. And with that, please enjoy my conversation with my very good friend, Spencer Corbett. Spencer, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Really do. I'm uh, looking forward to the conversation. Me too, man. Um, I know you're a super busy guy. You're, uh, you're a business owner. You run your own show. You're always on the road texting me while you're driving and stuff like that, which you shouldn't <laughs> be doing. Um, you got a couple of kids at home. Um, as a father, man, like how do, you, how do you balance all of that? How do you figure out how to you know, run the show um, and, and keep the kids happy, keep, keep the girl happy and all that stuff. How do you, how do you balance all that? Um, I, people ask me that all the time and I've had that question with my friends who don't have kids. Um, it kind of just comes naturally. Um, uh, got a wonderful family. Um, you know, my, my girl, she, um, she's, she's great and she really is, uh, on top of the kids, you know, school and helps me. So, you know, I can work, do my thing, run the business. Um, and uh, she got the household, but we we're, we're able to make time. I'm able to make time because, you know, I do have my own business and um, I can, uh, you know, set my schedule to make sure I spend time with them and also handle business. Um, yeah, it's, it flows naturally, man. I, I, I was more scary as I had children. Uh, I was scared of the situation and trying to balance everything, but it kind of just kind of just flowed along. Dude, it is just so important to have that partner who supports you and can like hold things down and like balance you out. Um, so it, it sounds like you have that. That's great. Oh yeah. 100%. She, she's great. And my family helps. Um, and I got great kids, man. You know, they're, they're, they're easy, easy kids. <laughs> oh man. I hope it gets easier. My, my son yesterday had like an hour and a half tantrum and I was just like, Oh man, I don't know what to do. I just got to hold him. He's like teething right now. He's just oh. turned two terrible twos. 
I'm sure you remember all that stuff. Oh, I sure do. I sure do. It gets easier. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, I'd like to say that it's timely, but the reality is it's not timely, right? It's just like, it's something that has been going on for so long. Um, and we're going to be talking about race when we talk about fatherhood, but you know, it, it seems like we can't go a year or, or even a month, sometimes even a week without some tragic story that we read about that brings tears to all of our eyes. Um, and so again, it, it, I don't even think it's timely. It's just like, it's an ongoing conversation. And, um, what I hope is, you know, we can have a, just like a real conversation and just learn from your experiences and, and hopefully folks can, can take something away from it as well. And, um, I think where I, I want to start is I've heard from so many of my, my friends, um, have read, heard other podcasters about the talk that black parents always give their sons, their daughters, the talk. And, um, I just wonder if, if you've ever had that, that conversation with your folks, if they've ever given it to you. And, um, and if so, if you remember the mindset that you were in when, when you got a conversation like that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, the talk it's, uh, you know, it's talk about racism, how, uh, it is being black in America. Um, but with us, it's not like that TV talk where it's like, come on, let's sit down and let's have a conversation <laughs> about, you know, being black in America. You know, it's not a TV moment where you sit down and you have that conversation. It's taught from the minute you can comprehend, you know, what they're saying, you know. Um, and, just you know, to, to go a little back in, in my life, um, my mother's uh, grandmother who raised her, she's from Roberta, Georgia, was born in 1919. So you can imagine what she taught her about, you know, being black in America. And uh, my, my, my mother's father, um, he was a Black Panther. Um, his family was Black Panther. And, um, you know, they grew up in, in um, Newark and, and North New Jersey, and they dealt with different things. And, you know, she was taught, you know, that way of life and what to look out for and how to deal with different situations. My father grew up in Newark, New Jersey, in the projects. Um, he became a successful businessman, but going up the ladder, he dealt with racism, you know, in an early age, all the way up until, you know, he made it. Um, so it wasn't like a talk. It was just like, I learned from their experiences. And like I said, from the minute I can comprehend, they taught me how to act and what to look for and the different experience they had. So it would keep me safe. Um, and it would, um, show me what's to come, you know, so that I'm not shocked. And there's, you know, many, many things that you have to be taught being black in America that people just don't understand. They don't. And I'm going to have to talk to my kids and teach them. And I've already started, you know, I get the, the conversations where I'm saying something and my girl's like, don't say that. Don't say that. Like, no, they need to hear it because this is what happens in the real world. Well, they're, they're too young. They're not, you know, um, because trust me, it hits you quick. <laughs> and, you know, realizing that you're different, you're black. There's so much there. Yeah. So much there. And yeah. So thanks for sharing that. Do you remember the first time that, again, I know you said like there wasn't like a, a sit down TV talk situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, all the experiences that your mom had, uh, her mother, your your father, when like you realized that, hey, I'm black and like yeah. 
you know, your, your parents start talking to you about racism. Like, do you remember how early that was when like you kind of realized that and when they started to, to talk about that stuff? And oh. I just, I, you know, so you and I, it's just for, for our listeners, a little bit of history. I, I've known Spencer here for, for 30 years. We grew up in the same very, very white town. Um, yes. So I suspect, I don't want to, I don't want to guess, but, um, you know, maybe you could just share kind of that experience of like when you first realized that, hey, I'm a little different, I'm getting treated a little different. Um, and like yeah. your folks kind of, telling you about that yeah um i really can't remember like how old i was and the age but i know i was very very young and i'm sure you were too when you started hearing what your parents were saying about being asian you know and um as soon as you get to school it's the even elementary school it's the oh, you know can i touch your hair and uh you know the, the different stereotypes you know that that you get as being a black kid but Early on, I understood. I mean, early, early. And this could be seven years old. I, I don't know, maybe even younger. I don't know that it was like the majority of white people don't want you to succeed, you know, and they they they're not comfortable around you and they don't want you to succeed. So don't trust and believe everything that they're saying and watch yourself, you know, in different situations. Um, Like I said, my father was a businessman. so just hearing his experience with, with business and how they grew up, you know, it was kind of like, whoa, like that's not happening to me, you know, but as you get older, you start to see, oh yeah, it, it, it is. Um, you, you see it more the older you get. Cause at first I didn't want to believe it. You know, um, they would be having conversations like, man, that, that white dude, you know, he doesn't want you to succeed or he doesn't, you know, he, he wants to, oh, the white cops, you know, they're, they're, they're going to lock you up differently than they're going to lock another kid up. And you can't do the same thing that these white kids do because they're going to get a slap on the wrist and your butt's going to go to jail, you know, for forever, whatever conversations like that. And I didn't want to believe it when I was younger. But, oh, yeah, racism hit me in elementary school. I think you were there. I think you were there when it happened. The first time I got called a nigger, we were in Memorial School um, on the football field. I think it was on a weekend. Um and we were in elementary school just playing pickup football. And yeah, somebody called me a nigger and my uncle rode his bicycle down to Memorial School with a, with a wrench in his boot to come uh, fight some, you know, some racist white kids. And um, it happens early on. So it's the way it is. You know, it's not even just the talk. It's, you already know it. It's ingrained in you. You know, you know, you're different. You know how people talk about you, how, you know, how the conversations go that you're different. And your parents know that. So they shield, they don't shield you from it. They um teach you about it as soon as you can learn. So you're ready for it, you know, but it's early. It's not, people think it's like, oh, when they're 13, then we have that talk. Like, no, <laughs> I knew from, yeah, like I said, seven, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's so crazy. When, when I was preparing for this conversation, I was thinking back at that moment, right? Like I was playing football on Memorial, I'm not going to name names, but I, I remember exactly who those kids were. Yeah. And uh, I remember I was like, Oh man, like you know, you and I are we're we're getting looked at a little differently, and like you're exactly right. Like we feel that, right? And it's just because everybody else looks a little different, um, and and it's I was gonna save this for a little bit later in the conversation, but uh, since <laughs> we're talking about memorial, yeah, one thing that I've lived with for a really long time, um, I don't know if you remember this, but we had a mutual friend. It was the fourth grade, and we we're on the on the kickball. And like the in the yard, it was like lunchtime. We're okay. playing, and he says to me, "Hey, if you want to make Spencer really mad, call him this." 
the, the N word. And, wow. um, wow. and it was like, you must like, first of all, you, you've always been like the superstar athlete for as long as I've known you. And so yeah. you probably kicked like the winning home run. And like, <laughs> I was mad about something and I was like, Oh, you know what? Our friend told me to call him this thing. Mm-hmm. So let me do that. Cause I'm mad at him right now. Okay. And yeah. I did. And oh, first I don't of all, that. <laughs> so thank you so much for not killing me when I did that. Um, wow. and, um, but like, dude, I like, you know, I just want to apologize like that. I hope that's the one and only time I've ever called anyone that word. And yeah. it was like, but like, that's the thing, right? Like it's learned from friends and family and it gets taught. And, yeah. and right away I knew what I did was bad. And like, I, I never did that again. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, um, yeah, just you like know, it's taught, just like racism is taught, it, it's taught on how to, you know, how to be black. And the they're taught, you know, the young kids that might be my friend, the same way they told you, you want to get them mad, call them the N-word. And I always understood, you know, Asian kids, you know, you get made fun of because the, the slanted eyes and, the, you know, get the Chinese restaurant jokes and all that. Indian kids, mm-hmm. the whole gas station in the turban and all of that. But I always knew that I was underneath them you know even the kids that were getting made up from other races i was still looked at as being even you know i guess uh, i I don't know if i'm you know phrasing it right but i was at the bottom of the totem pole even with these other kids you know it was kind of like the white kids they set the president of you know making fun of everybody but even though we made fun of white kids you know white bread and all that stuff but it was just like the whiter you were the, the 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 better you were the, the darker you were, you know, the worse you were. And that word was the worst thing. And everybody knew that word was the worst thing. You know, I could say slanted eyes or I could say whatever turban or, or whatever call Spanish person speaker or all of that, you know, derogatory uh, terms. But everybody knew you say that one word, you know, you're going to get them, you know, and it's going to cut like a knife and it's going to hurt. You know, and yeah, like I don't even remember that story, but it's funny. Somebody told you to tell me that, you know, because they knew that's the worst word you can say. And as a black kid, we're taught like, oh, yeah, you better get ready. You're going to be called a nigger soon. Like it's it's common. Like, so you better get ready, you know. And yeah. it's, it's sad, man. It's 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 the way it is. It is. And so like on the on the opposite side of that, where like racism is taught, you talked about how you talk to your kids about this already. Um, and so like, how do, how do your experiences translate to the way that you're talking to your kids and, you know, what are you, what are you telling them now? Cause if I, if I know, if I remember correctly, they're, they're seven and four or seven and three, about, about that age. Um, you know, we're not going to have a conversation with them like you and I are having right now. Like, how do you, how do you phase that in right over time? Because their experiences are going to change over time. The the things that are going to be called are going to get like progressively worse. I I mean, I hope not. Right. But like, um, how does that conversation evolve for you? What are, what are your um, conversations like now? Um, well, as, as, as you know, I'm, I'm a very blunt person. Um, I tell it like it is. I've always been like that. Um, and my father was like that. And he's taught me, um, you know, say what's on your mind. Um, and maybe I might go a little too hard, um, but you got to get them ready. And it's different. You know, it's it was different for me as a black kid um, in our neighborhood, in our community, because I was more light skinned, you know, Um, I was more European looking. Um, My dad had money and everybody knew he had money, you know, Um, you know, me and my sister, we didn't grow up in the inner city or rough neighborhoods. Um, So, you know, we we 
talked more white, as they say, more proper, you know, you know how many times I've been called the white black kid and, you know, you're not like them and you're more white, you're more than us than you are them. And I'm looking like, what? Like, just because I don't uh, know all the dances and all, you know, the, the, the lingo that, or, you know, ebonics that people call it that, you know, my cousins might talk or people in other neighborhoods that doesn't make me black, you know? And so I know my kids even have it different than me because my, um, their mother is white, you know, and my kids are very light skinned. So my conversation is different to them because you might not have that physical, um, judging of them on their color right away because you might not even, my daughter looks a little more um, black than my son. And so you might not even know that she's black, but there's the one drop rule. And people, some people know what this is. Some people don't know what this is. The one drop rule is if you have a drop of black and this is how deep and crazy this is. If you have one drop of African-American or black in your DNA, you are black, you know? And that's what we have been taught. And you know, that's what racist people teach. Like, so I have to teach my child, like, okay, they might see you. They might think you're mixed with Spanish or you're just, you know, darker skinned white or something like that. But your relationship might change once they actually do figure out that you have black in you. You know, if, if my daughter is with some guy and is in a relationship with him and then he finds out that, you know, she's black, of course she would. How is his parents going to feel with her going home, him coming home with a half black woman or same thing with my son? Um, so I, I kind of am teaching them like, hey, you're black, um, you know, you, 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 you're going to have people that, you know, are asking you about your hair because my daughter has curly hair um, and she has a dark, t darker tint to her skin. So I'm trying to teach you, you're going to get these questions and I'm also teaching her. Listen, if you see one of these kids messing with another black kid that might be darker than you or somebody talking about somebody because of their skin color, I don't care if they're, they're, they're Asian, Indian, black, anything that doesn't fly, you know, because daddy dealt with that when he was younger and we're not dealing with that. We're supposed to be getting better. So you got to teach your friends, you know, and you got to let people know that that you're black. Um, A lot of kids that are mixed, they they go through an identity crisis, you know, because they're mixed, you know, and they don't want to act, you know, too black or too white or whatever. But you got to be proud of what you are. And um, you got to you got to realize that you can be yourself. You don't got to try to be somebody else. And that's what a lot of black kids, they they, they struggle with. So, my com you know, my conversation with them is going to be different than what my parents had with me. Um, and I think we're in a different place in America. Um, I keep saying that things are getting different. Um they're phase, we're phasing out those racist old uh, white people, I feel like, um, and they're getting older. Um, but even when we were growing up, in, in racist situations, the kids that we were around, some of them were uncomfortable, you know, and I'm sure you're going to touch on that later on. But um, yeah, the conversation, it's um, it's it's different, um, I'm sure, with each kid. Um, but being a, a, a black kid in a predominantly white school, you definitely have to have that conversation, for sure. And you alluded to that it's different now. It, it kind of sounds like you're saying that we've made a little bit of progress. We being like kind of society. Are, are you hopeful about like your kids and then their kids? Like, are, are we making progress? Are you you feeling like you seen like a glimmer of hope? <laughs> well, shoot, uh, I won't get political with you, but uh, <laughs> this uh, 
Safe space. Has kinda, Safe space. Yeah, this this presidency has kind of um, opened up things that I haven't seen in quite some time. It's uh, making uh, people that are racist uh, comfortable um, to come out, you know. Um, so it's <laughs> I think the younger generation is getting better. You see all these white kids standing up and fighting for equality. Um, they're not like their parents. And like I said, my, my, my grandmother was my great grandmother, actually, who raised my uh, my mother. She was born in Roberta, Georgia. It was different then. It was different in the 80s when my dad was building his business. And, you know, they were fearing this black man with money um, coming into their environment, um, just like sports. You know, they fear us because we're black. When I when I played sports, you know, they automatically assumed that I was good at basketball. And, you know, that whole thing. I was bigger than them, stronger than them, faster than them in the neighborhood that we grew up in, dominating. Um so they, they, they fear the unknown. They're not around a lot of black people, you know. Um, I, you know, in college, I literally had people come, women like that I would talk to be like, you're you're mixed, aren't you? No, I'm not mixed. I'm, I'm black. You have to be mixed. No, 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 I'm black. Well, well, in my town, I'm from Maine. I only had like two black kids in my school and they don't look like you. You look like a black person on TV, you know, and it's they don't know, you know, like if they're in a town in, in Maine and they have no black people around them, you know, they they there was an Internet like it, it was now and podcast and Instagram and all of that. You pretty much knew what you were around. We were around when um AIM came out like AOL AIM and all that, you know. So now there's so many different resources and there's so many different um, things on television, black shows and um, different things in entertainment that are teaching people, hey, listen, you know, that's wrong. This is how black people really are. A lot of those stereotypes um, are still there. But the younger generation, I personally feel like are getting better. Um, and they're li- like these dinosaurs don't know what they're talking about. You know, these old racist white people in my family. And it's not even just white people. Black people, Indian people, Asian people, Spanish people. From my experiences, Spanish population have heavy, heavy racism influences on their kids, you know? And it blew my mind when I got older. I'm like, really? Spanish people? Y'all thought y'all was with us. Like, you know, like your elders and your family are, are racist and don't want you around black people. Like, um, so as a black person, you you know this stuff and you're taught it, but they're taught racism. Um, but now it's changing because there's a lot more information out there and people are starting to see that all that was was BS and black people really aren't like what you're seeing on TV and all the stereotypes pretty much. Yeah, but I, I, I do think it's getting better. I do. Um, we're going a little backwards with this, uh, you know, th- this time right now, but those people will be gone. A lot of those people that, that like that, president like, like this presidency and like the way things are going and America, keep it white and all of that. They're older. And I think they're phasing out. I, I, I personally think, but racism is never, ever going to go away. You know, um, and just touch on this one more. There's a video of, of, of uh, baby dolls and they have young kids looking at these baby dolls and it's a test. They sit them there. They put the baby doll down. There's a black baby doll. What do you think about that baby doll? Oh, it's ugly. You know, it's mean. It's evil. And this is a dark skinned black child. Then you bring the white, uh, I mean, the white baby doll and even the black children are saying, oh, that one's pretty. And the white one is is nice. And the white one is this and the white one is that. 
all spectrums of, of race races in that test study, they all said that the black was evil and ugly and all that, and that the white, you know, was nice and all of that. So it's ingrained in us. And that's why, oh, get over slavery and get over that old stuff. You guys got to get over it. What, what people don't understand is it's, it's ingrained in people. We were taught to hate dark skin. We were you know, we were taught to like the house Negro who was light skin, was allowed in the slave master home and was reproducing with the slave master. You know, that stems from there. But people are like, oh, get over it, get over it. it, it when it's systematically ingrained in society, it's not that easy to just get over it and think like, poof, it's gone because it's it's taught throughout these years and it, it's continued to be taught. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and I could totally relate to that. Where, like, growing up, I definitely wanted to to sound more white, you know, act white, and like because, the, I mean, I don't. You kind of talked about this, but I can't count the number of times someone said like, "Hey, your English is pretty good." I'm like, how the fuck is it supposed to sound? I only lived in New Jersey. Like, I grew, I grew up, up in the whitest fucking town in yeah. America. Like, what yeah. am I supposed to sound like? You know, correct. I was like, born here almost like a badge of honor to be called one of them. And, and like, I, I don't know if you dealt with this, but like, I felt like, Oh, I got, I've made it cause I'm part of that club. And you start yeah. to like resent your own people. And, <laughs> and then, but like at, at some point, you know, I, I'm like, I'm not even mad at myself about this, but like you start to realize just like how important it is to have diverse opinions and like diversity in the room. And it really changes your output, like your, your, your perspective and your outlook on just kind of like how you look at things, how people take into things and even like influences the way that I interview people. It's just like, I don't know your experiences. Yeah. And so like, let me just let you, let you tell your story rather than me ask these questions. Right. Yeah. Because you know, the way that I've been trained to do things may not be the way that you do. And like, just because we have different experiences doesn't mean that like you're, you're not going to be capable of doing this job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I totally relate, relate to you. Um, I know before we, we, we've been talking a little bit, uh, leading up to this, you had shared some stories with me about like very specific stories, uh, about kind of your experiences growing up in a predominantly white town, um, going to friends' houses and, and things in that sort. Um, yeah. if you're, if you're comfortable sharing those stories, if you want to share those stories or, you know, we can, we can talk about something else. Oh no, you know me. I'm I'm with it. I'm I have no uh, no shame in my game, and I you you need to tell stories like this so people hear it and they they understand what was going on. Um, so let me just touch on what you said about you. It was a badge of honor, and you wanted to fit in. Um, me and my sister, uh, speaking for myself, but my sister as well. I we 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 both had this. Um, we had predominantly all white friends until we got a little older because there was no black kids in, you know, in our class, you know, and even the black kids that were, um, they didn't live near, you know, where I live. So I had to hang out with, you know, guys like you and, and, and our good friends that we had in the neighborhood. And, and we had a great group of, of friends. Um, but when people hit me with the, oh, you're the whitest black kid and you're this and that, I didn't like it. You know, I hated that. I hated like, because I talk like this and you're telling me I'm not black enough, you know, and even the black community did it to me and my sister. You know, you guys are corny and you guys are, you know, you're you're not like us. You're from the burbs and you don't understand us and this and that, Um, you know, and would make fun of us. But I always felt like, first of all, like, 
I'm as black as as you, you know, just because I don't talk like you and I'm not from where you are and I didn't have the experience you are. I'm, I'm still 100% black and I still got to deal with this stuff that you don't even realize I deal with within this white town. Um, and I would even do it to my sister. Like, you know, I would call her corny and you know what I mean? Because she was like the cheerleading squad and I, you know, I was basketball and I was around more black people like that. So like I said, it's, it's ingrained and it's just like, it's, it's just, racism is like, it's taught and it's just, it's there, you know, and we do it. Everybody does it. Um, and then, so, you know, not the, uh, to, to go back to what your question was, um, uh, experiencing different specific situations, a situation like that um, when we were elementary and somebody called me a nigger and my uncle come in, then I don't even remember what you're talking about, about you calling me a nigger. It's so crazy because I've had so many instances of people calling me a nigger. I don't even remember. Then, you know, I, I was on the phone one time with a girl. Her brother answered the phone, realized I was black, get off the phone with that nigger. You know, I go to my uncle. I'm like crying. Like, you know, I like this girl. And I was young. You know, this is like middle school. And I'm like, I like this girl. I can't believe her brother said that. You know, and I've even had times where I like was at a, a person's house that I was in a relationship, white, uh, white female. Um, and I can hear her stepfather saying, why is that nigger always over here? She heard it. I heard it. She got upset. And she, and you know, that's why I think things are changing and they, people know that it's wrong because she got upset and she's like, Oh my God, I can't believe, you know, sometimes I heard that. I can't believe they're talking like that. And I was over there all the time. We were boyfriend and girlfriend, you know? And I think it was stepfather, one of the family members. And I'm just like, yeah, well, yeah, that's how it goes. You know what I mean? Um, and you know, I've been in a friend's house with, um, uh, a couple of my other guys and, from the other room, the mother says, you know, why do you have a nigger in my house? And it's like she wanted me to hear it. You know, she wanted me to hear it, you know, but she didn't want me to hear it because they were in the other room. But it's like, get out of my house. And I always felt uncomfortable. Like when I met a white friend or a white female and I was going to go over their house, I didn't know if their parents were accepting of having me in the house. And I even knew that they were naive to the situation. The kid. I knew that, like, bro, I, I don't I, I don't think you realize that I'm black and you're bringing me in the house. Like, and you might not realize that your parents might not like this, but I knew it, but they weren't aware of it, you know? So, um, but oh, on the basketball court, I've been called it. And you know what? On the basketball court, you know, um, I, you know, I, it was like, you just say whatever you got to say to hurt somebody and make them feel like, uh, you know, get them off of their game. So, you know, I heard that type of stuff, you know, within sports. But, yeah, I've heard plenty parents. I've, I've had funniest things like, you know, black people, we wear lotion. Um, our whole body get ashy. Every time we get out of the shower, we lotion up. I'm in the swimming pool with one of our good friends. And his father's like, <laughs> the water's beating off of the, like my oily lotion skin. And he's like, what are you guys, water repellent? You know, and I'm like, damn, like. It's regular skin. I just got lost. I'm like, how do you like? What do you think we repel water differently than you? And you know, I've I've also been in the situation where my good friends, I'm at the dinner table, they're talking about the black man, and then they're like, oh well, not you, Spencer. You know, like we love you and your family, and you guys are just this, this and that. You know, so like you opened my mind by saying that thing about us when we were younger. And I'm like, damn, like how many times did, you know, somebody call me this and was I in this situation that I don't remember, you know, and me being the light skin with the money, talk like you guys, you know, and, and I'm in the in white crowd, but I still deal with it. So, you know, so all I could say is like, 
imagine not having the money and not being in the suburbs, how you're being treated. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a different world knowing that you're different. Like you said, man, you, you know, it's just some things that people will never understand. Yeah, man. It's, um, it's crazy thinking back, like all those different times, like we, there's always those specific moments that you can remember, but there's, you know, for every one that we do remember, there's probably 10 other that we don't yeah, remember. Yeah. 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 And and like with all those experiences, especially when you were so young, you're talking about middle school and, and that that one person's brother calling you the N word. You know, how does that impact the way that you're going to raise your kids? So my mother always told me to be nice to everybody. Like I was one of those kids opening doors for people and trying to be overly nice because my mother, she instilled that in me. Um, I with them, I, I want them to know that black is beautiful your black side is is just as beautiful as you know your white side um but you got to understand you know and this is the conversations that you know me and my girl have you got to understand that that you're black like i said you know like um and and that's one thing you you, you must get it now you know cuz when you get older and doing the same thing that I was doing, like I didn't want to believe it and I didn't understand it. The quicker you understand it, the quicker you know how to maneuver and how to, you know, act really because you got to, you know, act a certain way. Um, so I'm just letting them know, first of all, racism doesn't fly. Um, look at your mother. Look at me. We're together. Look how her family treats me. Um, look how my family treats her. We're all one one human being, one um, race, you know, the skin color is just a color, you know? Um, and if you ever see that, that happening to another person, make sure you're saying something. Um, and if it ever happens to you, you got to be strong about it and let them know you're not going to talk to me like that. And you can't do what maybe me and Tim did. You can't want to feel like, oh, it's a badge of honor because I'm in with the white crowd and I feel better, you know, acting this way or like, like I did get mad because, you know, somebody was calling you, you know, you're the whitest black kid or whatever. You got to be yourself, you know? Um, and you, you can't, you can't make, um, them happy by letting them, like you said, get under your skin or talk to somebody else by getting under their skin that way. Cause a lot of times these little asshole kids, they don't even know what they're saying and they don't even mean it. Like they say that shit cause they know it hurts. But then, you know, two days later, you guys are playing in the park and they're, they're your best friend, you know? So, um, I'm just teaching them, you know, racism's wrong. And yeah, like I said, it's a different type of teaching than what, you know, me and you have might've got, um, because my kids are, uh, you know, they're lighter and they're not going to deal with it the same way as, as me. But yeah, I'm trying to just teach them, Right and wrong, pretty much, man. <laughs> right and wrong, you know. That's as, as cut and dry as you can get. But my right and wrong could be different from another parent's right and wrong, you know. And when it comes to like the the race type of thing, but uh, yeah, it's pretty much pretty much it. I don't know if I answered your question, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I just like I, especially I think you're doing a great job. That you know, that's something that I'm going to take away from this conversation too, and like try to instill in my kids when they're when they're old enough. If you can go back in time and and have a conversation with those people who who said those terrible things to you, or you know what, if you could talk to them right now, like what what would you say to them? And you know, I don't you know I I don't think they're gonna hear this. Maybe they will. Yeah. yeah. But I think that there's gonna be a lot of people who have said something. Maybe it wasn't about race. Maybe it was. 
but that hopefully that they regret, right? They've made some mistake. And, you know, here we are 20 years later and you're talking about it like it was yesterday. Yeah. You you, you can probably imagine what you were wearing that day, you know, (laughs) how you felt like it sticks with us, right? Like we know what that pain feels like and it doesn't go away. And so what, what would you say to, to someone if you can right now, like, yeah. Um, so funny story. Um, I was just, this is how off you could be with some situations. So one of our friends, one of the, some, one of our, I'm going to say friends, acquaintances, um, wrote something on Facebook and I saw it and I had to go online. Got a net in here. Um, and I had to go online and I had to correct him. I had to say like, Hey, listen, it was like something about the resonance, something like that. So I had to go on there and be like, Hey, listen, this is how it really is. Come on. Don't, don't say that. That's wrong. Um, so I was telling my other friend that I grew up with, that's a brother to me, and he's dark skinned black brother. And I, I mentioned the guy's name and he goes, oh, yeah, that racist ass piece of shit. Da, da, da. And I'm like, really? Like, he's like bad like that. And he's like, bro, like he used to torment me in sports. Like, nigger this and your big lips and you look you got you know the slave body because you know my my boy he's big and you know strong and black and you know and he was like they would torment me that same guy you're talking about would torment me and so he mentioned another one of our friends was like hey he really helped me a white friend he would be like he was like yo i really owe this to him i mean i owe a lot to him because he kept me grounded he would say hey listen don't let him get under your skin I know they're calling you those racist things. You're going to be the one that gets kicked off the football team when you guys get into a fight. Not them, you, you know? And so I'm like, holy shit. Like, he was always nice to me. Like, he texts me still to this day and we have a relationship. Like, how's your kid? He uses my company for, um, you know, for, for his pest control. So it's just like, and then, you know, once we had that conversation, it something else popped up in my head. We were somewhere and I was with this guy. And they were telling a story about how they got into this fight, this altercation, and that same guy was calling one of the black kids in the fight a nigger. And I was in the room, and he's like, no, 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 I wasn't, no, I wasn't, no, I wasn't. And it made me remember. He said, no, I wasn't, no, I wasn't. They were like, shut up. Yes, you were. Don't say you weren't because Spencer's in the room, and you know you feel bad. Just tell it like it is. You were calling him a nigger. And I'm sure he was to get under his skin. But it's like, I, you know... I didn't know that he was like calling people niggers and like, you know what I'm saying? I, I was like, I know where he's from and, and I know the people who he grew up around and the town he grew up in, there's racist like crazy. And I know he possibly could have a little bit of that in him, but he never, he never projected that racism towards me like that. You know, he always cared about me. And still to this day, we have a conversation. But then my boy Sean had a whole different experience with him. And he's like, he's a racist asshole, you know? So it's, it's like, it's 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 different, um, I guess for for different people and in different situations. But that core racism is, you know, it's still there. Um, damn, what was the question? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. the, the the question is, um, if you can go back in time and oh, and talk and to talk the person, to, yeah, especially like you know, you're you're 13 years old, right? And these people are calling you that, like you're yeah. you're a kid. Right. Yeah. And and people are saying some really terrible things about you. Yeah. You know, what what would you say to them now? Um, I you know, I would say me personally, I would say I understand that you were taught that 
and that's how your family members were. Because don't get me wrong, you know, my dad was like, man, fuck white man, you know, these motherfuckers, you know, these motherfuckers do not care about you. They do not want to see you exceed. Do not trust them. You know what I mean? And he had a lot of white people that helped him in business through the years, you know, but he didn't even trust the majority of them because of his experiences, you know? So I would be like, I understand, you know, I understand that your family is racist, but didn't you know right and wrong, you know? Didn't you know by making fun of somebody from their skin color or calling them the most derogatory word there ever was, um, you knew that it was going to hurt that person, you know? Like, why? Why would you say that? Why would you want to hurt someone that bad um, over a skin color? Um, and yeah, I, I would pretty much be asking them why. And, um, I would ask them, you know, did you fear me because I was black? Um, and just, you know, I, I would love to know how they feel about it now. Like, what are you going to teach your children? You know, what are you teaching children? And you know, what's funny, that same person that we're having this conversation about that I just had the conversation about me and him have had this conversation, you know, cause after the whole, after the whole, um, Facebook message about the Redskins or whatever, he texted me like, Hey man, I just want you to know, you know, I'm not racist, man. You know, I'm not racist. You know, you know, I love you and I love black people. And I dealt with black people my whole life and I have black friends and blah, 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 blah. Cause they get that, like that guilt, you know what I mean? Like, Oh shit. Like maybe I am being a little racist, you know? And I had that conversation with him and I'm like, I know, man, I know, but you know, you got to see the other side sometimes too. Like you got to suppress your little racist, uh, Trump, uh, <laughs> Trump feelings, you know, but they don't know any better, you know? And that's one thing I've understood as a black person. Like they don't know any better. They know what their parents have taught them, you know? And I just want to know, what are you going to do to teach your kids better? Um, and to make the world a better place. But some of them, they don't want that. They can talk to you all they want on in that conversation and they're going to want to make you feel like, oh yeah, you know, I care and I have black friends and we do this, this and that. But as soon as the conversation's over, they turn back into the same person. So, uh, but no, my kids, somebody calls you a nigga, punch them in the face. Like, <laughs> and I know, you know, and I know people don't want to hear that. And my girl says, you know, don't teach them that and don't say that because violence isn't the answer. But, hey, man, <laughs> if you got the balls to say that and to call me that to my face, you need to hit the ground, you know. But also then I'm like, no, like you tell them why they shouldn't say that. You know, if they put their hands on you, then, you know, da, da, you go through that whole conversation. But um, it's it's uh, that, that would really be it. Like, why? And what are you going to do now to change? What have you done to change? And what did I do to you? to make you want to, you know what I mean? Talk to me in that manner, you know? That would pretty much be the conversation. Like, yeah, I have it all the time, man. You know, I, I have, I do. I have that conversation with white people all the time that I, that I deal with. And uh, we, we have very constructive conversations about, you know, racism. And um, they're not racism. And, you know, they talk about other people that are racist. And, uh, yeah, it's just like, why? <laughs> why? I think that's like the one thing that we can do. And, and I think you're spot on. It's like you understand where they're coming from. Like you understand their parents and the experiences. It's almost like it's it's not shocking that yeah. those things have happened, right? Because yeah. everything that's led up to that moment has shaped them to to say that or to be that way. But I think you, you've touched on it. It's just like it's about communication. And, and hopefully we can have those conversations and be like, well, why did you say that, right? Because... 
you're talking to a kid and now I've got kids and I don't want them to experience that. And cause this is like, that's like generational pain, right? Like, because it's influencing the way that you're raising your kids it's going to influence the way that I raise my kids. And like, we have to break the cycle, you know? Yeah. And, uh, that, I think that's our job as parents. And, um, so this has been a super heavy conversation. Yeah, um, yeah. I want to pivot just a little bit cause I want to bring it back to like the whole fatherhood thing. Yeah. Um, so just like some, some quick questions for you. Um, what's like the funniest thing that your kids have ever said to you? Um, about, about, about race, Any, anything, race? Anything, anything, anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, the other day I was reading a, I read to my son every night and I was like, Hey, like, you know, do you, uh, do you love daddy? And he's like, no. I'm like, wait, what? I was like, well, who, well, who do you love? And he goes, Oh, I like, uh, I love Mr. McGregor in Peter Rabbit. <laughs> and I was like, what? First of all, if you know that story, Mr. McGregor ate Peter Rabbit's dad. <laughs> and so not only does he not love me, but he loves the guy who ate the person's dad. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I, didn't know what to, I didn't know what to say or do at that point. I was like, I guess we got to read this book now. Yeah, yeah. Kids say the darnest things. Um, uh, I, I don't know. That's, that's a tough question. There's so many things. Like to pinpoint one thing, um, the, my hair thing, I'm telling me, I, you know, <laughs> daddy, you don't have any hair. Like, yes, I do, man. I'm not bald yet. Yeah, I still got some up there, you know. And uh, my, my my daughter, you know, one of the funniest things that just happened is like, my daughter's such like a little mom now with my son. He's like, Olivia, look at me. Look at me. He's standing on the couch doing what he's not supposed to do. Look at me. And she looks at him and she goes, cool. Now get down. And I'm like, it's amazing. I'm like, yeah, you're such a little mom. She's so mature. Um, but yeah, kids are the whole mother, the whole liking the mother more than the father thing. Boy, in my experience, sometimes it's like the father over the mother type thing. That's the funniest thing to me. Like they'll run straight to their mother, good morning, kisses and everything. And I'm like, damn, can I get a good morning and a kiss? Like, yeah, whatever, daddy. Like, <laughs> I'm going to play games. Like, but you know, it's that motherly love. And I was a mama's boy, so <laughs> Yes. If it's anything I remember about you, you were definitely a mama's yes, boy. Yes, sir. <laughs> Tammy, I love her. <laughs> That's great. Um and so I, I know we've been running pretty long here and you're a very busy guy. Uh, so I'll wrap up here. Is there, is there anything else like that you think we didn't cover or anything else that you, uh, you want to say before we, before we cut out? Yeah. So, well, I was, I was trying to look down at my notes. I done wrote so many notes cause I could talk about this for, uh, for forever. Um, it's just, um, you can run across good people and this conversation I, you know, I never wanted to make it sound like, and never want to make it sound like to my children, like all white people are the devil and all white people are bad and all, you know, people that don't look like us are bad. You know, um, you don't, because I've, I've had so many positive white people in my life. Um, my coach Pat, um, uh, from Old Bridge, uh, elementary, um, through AAU, he taught us unity and sports brings people together. Um, and he, he, you know, he shared his experiences with him being around predominantly black people playing basketball. And he treated me like a son. And I've had so many different fathers, father figures and families that have taken me in. Um, my, one of my, my greatest friends, his family is like my second family. And we, like, I'm still till this day teaching him about what it's like to be black, you know? Like last month we were just having a conversation about this. And the crazy thing is like, it, the conversation will never stop. 
you know, it's for, if it's with your kids or your friends or people in business, it'll never stop. With business, I got to explain to people how my name is Spencer Corbett and I might call and, hi, how are you? Da, da, da. And then when I get there, they're like, oh, crap, he's black. Like, oh, shit. Like, I thought he was white. Like, you know, so it's just it's a never ending thing. But having this conversation, what you're doing is the most important thing. Um, because you calling me and texting me and thinking of me to be the person to have this conversation with, I was kind of like, maybe he needs to talk to somebody who has actual dark, you know, darker skinned black kids and who didn't grow up with money and wasn't light skinned and didn't look more European and w went through it a little more. Like, you know, um, so I kind of had like that thought in my head, but I'm like, also like any conversation from my perspective, from a darker skinned black person, from a Chinese person's perspective, Indian, whatever it may be. Um, it's great to have the conversation, man. And what you're doing and the internet and social media, it's bringing up this conversation. I don't care if it makes people uncomfortable. Let's talk about it and let's figure it out. Thank you. That's a great place to end it. And so, uh, till the next conversation, uh, let's keep it going. Nah, Thanks, my my Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, review, or share with friends. This podcast is made for and with friends. If you know someone who has an interesting story to tell, including yourself, please check the show notes for ways to reach out. Until next time.